Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany. It is, remember, we record these a little bit in advance, but um, I think birthday is April or May? What is it? I might be. I thought it was April, but I could oh, be wrong. Maybe it's April. <laughs> so, but Earth Day is coming up, or it's already happened for you guys, or it's just about to, or it's happening now. So, which means we're going to hear a lot of people talking about the environment and what we should do to protect it, and how everything's you know doom and gloom and blah blah. blah. Greta Thornburg, whatever her name is, is probably saying something <laughs> pretty loud and obnoxious today. But first of all, I want to say just because I was you know saying some some negative comments about environmentalists that doesn't mean I think we should not respect the environment I think that's one thing that we need to remember it's everybody should really want to protect the environment and, and respect it but that doesn't mean there's only one way to do that you know and and people the the really big environmentalists tend to think that if the government doesn't make rules you know banning gas stoves or banning straws then then everything you know then then we can't fix the world and we need to tax big corporations because they're polluting even though the people that say this are flying in private jets to make their speeches about <laughs> climate change. So it's it's just so funny to me. So what I want to talk about today is like, well, first, we don't have to be against environmentalism just because we don't like the loudest voices for environmentalists, for the, you know, the modern day environmentalism movement. In fact, there's a great organization called PERK, P-E-R-K, and their whole thing is like free market environmentalism. And they do fantastic, oh, cool. yeah, just fantastic work. So- First of all, let me ask you, Ronnie, did you ever or do you consider yourself an environmentalist? Oh, that's a fun question. Um, Because in a way, yes, I actually do. And I feel as though sometimes that's put me at a little bit of odds in trying to navigate this because I do care a lot about the environment. And I am one of those people who is thinking about my plastic consumption. And uh, I try to use reusable things and I try to use you know, wear natural fabric in my clothing and uh, try to recycle. So I actually think about all of these things because they are, it is something that I care about. But at the same time, I don't think that it should be something that is forced upon us. And I think that a lot of the the things that are being pushed right now, like say plastic straws or not using plastic straws are kind of ludicrous in that they don't, they're not actually fixing any problems. It's just kind of a government, let's do something, band-aid fix. It doesn't really do anything. So I do consider myself to kind of be an environmentalist, but I feel sometimes as though I don't know how to, you know, how to put that out there uh, because I'm usually people think that environmentalists are all like, oh, we should have the government changing everything. And I don't think that either. So this perk thing you yes. mentioned. I'm mm-hmm. very interested in checking it out after this. Oh, they're they're so great. And they one of the things they concentrate on, which I want to talk about today, because the, the title of this episode is What's the Problem with Environmentalism? And, and I'll sum that up with one answer, and that is that they've made private citizens and private property their enemies when they're actually their greatest allies. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the Environmental Protection Agency. And, and in my, my professional work, I have to deal with them a lot because they do a lot of really bad things to people. But Listen, they were started with good intentions. Like there even some things that we don't like, they have good intentions, right? There was there was problem with pollutants in the water and and people were getting sick and and there were there were some problems, 
But the EPA came along and they decided that the only way was to, you know, pass all these laws, threaten people with fines and jail time for all these things. But it got taken way out of line because they passed these laws that were really vague. For example, there's something called the Clean Water Act. And that basically said that something could be what's called a federally protected wetland. That means the it was part of, you know, the, it needed to be protected for the environment so the federal government could tell you what to do with your wetland, even if it was on private property. The problem is, what is a wetland, right? Nobody knows because the, the definition is so vague. That oh, really? No one really? Yes, no one really knows. And so sometimes it could be a river that connects, I think, Technically, it's like, okay, something that connects to what's called navigable waters. This is boring, I know. Okay. Which is like like a stream that connects to a river that connects to the ocean at large. Like something okay. you could actually navigate in. That's not what's ended up happening. So there's this family in Idaho and they built their – they bought their dream uh, property and they built their dream home. And then what happened is there was something – there was this little puddle on their property for three months out of the year because the rain would catch in it. Mm-hmm. And they started building their house. And the EPA came in and said, you can't build here. That's a federally protected wetland. Hmm. And they were like, wait, this is a puddle. Like, it doesn't connect to any other body of water. And, like, their justification was something like it evaporated. Like, it was so ridiculous. Like, it evaporated and then we go somewhere else. Like, it was so silly. Interesting. But Weird. here's what they did. They said, you have to put everything back to how it was before. So stop building your house. T- fix it. And until you do, we're fining you $75,000 a day. A day? A day. And then it got even worse. And they said, you can't even sue us because we make the rules. We're not, you know, we're the EPA and you can't sue us. So this family had to go to the Supreme Court twice. That never happened. So they went to the Supreme Court the first time just to say, we should be able to fight back against, you know, against this. And then they had to go again to say, the Clean Water Act is too vague. It doesn't tell us what we can do, right? So this is a problem because they were targeting what private property owners – and first of all, it was a, it was literally a little puddle, so it doesn't make sense of why they were being fined seventy five thousand dollars a day. That's a truly insane fee. Truly insane. Isn't it insane? And they're just one story of many. The EPA does this to a lot of people. There was another guy. He had a little stream behind his house, and him and his wife lived in a very remote area, and there were fires a lot because of droughts. Mm-hmm. And they would use their little stream to help the local firefighters fight fires. Well, mm-hmm. the EPA came in and said, that's a federally protected wetland. You can't do that. This man was 77 years old. He ended up having to go to jail because of this. And he died shortly thereafter. So he oh ended up gosh. winning his Supreme Court case, but he never got to see the win. Mm-hmm. Very sad stuff, right? So on a in a happier note, let's talk about why this is so weird. And that is that the EPA and the government is going against people who actually have the most power to help because Think about what you can do with your private property to help. There are people, like there was this one group, I can't remember where they were. It was like Montana or Wyoming. There was a, the, there used to be a lot of beavers in the area and beavers, you know, create dams and everything that help get water to stream, to, to flow down and it helps the farmers, the, the ranchers, they were ranchers. Um, but all the beavers had moved. There wasn't enough food for them anymore. Like this was like decades ago. And so they used their private property to recreate like man-made beaver dams. And it ended up helping the entire, like ranchers all over the area. And then of course they got in trouble for not having permits. (laughs) So they had to do that. But how silly is it? Because they were private property owners who saw an opportunity to conserve water to, to, you know, like there was even, um, there were like little like areas of like oasis these plush, like that means that the area had all the water. It was like the opposite of a drought. And these areas had been dried out for years. And because of what they did with their private property, all the water came back. 
So like it was like they were doing all this good work yeah. that the EPA can't do because all the EPA does is pass laws. They don't really fix anything. They just fine you. So that was really cool. There's also – this is my favorite thing. Um, there are – it goes back to water again. So there's like – there are less places, fewer places for birds that migrate to stop and get water. And that's caused a lot of problems for, for birds of all, of all types. Mm-hmm. So this one group wanted to fix it. And instead of trying to pass laws, they decided to create an app. So the app – shows you the pattern, like the flight pattern of birds. And then they used another group. There's like bird watching like apps and sites. And so what they did is they would like get data from those people who would help them identify like where the birds are and what they were doing in real time. You could see this. So that helped them identify where they needed to have water, like where they needed it. And then they went to private rice farmers along that little path. And they said, hey, would you mind like – certain times of the year like flooding flooding your rice fields that just means like putting a lot of water in it so that these birds can come and just for certain times of the year stop and get their water and they paid the rice farmers to do that personal incentives we talk about that a lot and then the private property owners were like yeah that actually is great we'll make extra money it's not going to harm like our our regular rice crop harvest so this is perfect so all these people work together and i can't remember what the app was called i think it was like ibird or something like that Um, But all these things worked together for private property owners and individual actors to where they were able to to create water for the birds without government doing anything. They didn't need anything from government. And the government actually praised that this is a story with a happy ending. They didn't get fined or, or, you know, slapped with with you need to get this permit. But how cool is it that that all these private actors are able to do more for the environment than anyone else, and yet they get demonized? There's a lot of environmental activists who think that private property is the problem because yeah. they think like, oh, it's just corporations who are polluting and this and this and that. And it's like, no, usually it's just normal people that the EPA targets, and then they become criminals for something that like a puddle on the land or like fighting so fires like that yeah. one man. So it's so crazy. So as we talk about, you know, Earth Day, and I agree with you, Ronnie, I think a lot of times people get bad ideas about environmentalists in their heads because I think we're so inclined to say, well, they're doing ridiculous things, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's not the case. So, so yeah, I think, I think we need to remember this Earth Day that environmentalism is good, but it's how we go about it. And if you look, the stories that I told you I got from Perk's website, P-E-R-K, um, and Perk is, again, great. It's all about free market individualist approaches to how we can promote, you know, conservation and help the environment. And it's does, just so inspiring. Does Perk stand – is it an acronym for something? <sighs> I wish you didn't ask me. It is. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, well, I can look it up. Uh, private, maybe environment. Oh, this is this is bad because I, I do I, – I, Sorry, I forget I asked. <laughs> and they're like, oh. That is your homework assignment, kids. Go find out what PERC stands for. But there's a lot of really good stories like the ones I just shared on there. So we will wrap it up there. Happy Earth Day, even if it already happened. Um, And thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share the podcast. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. All right. See you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.